Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adewumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. And I thank you for tuning in. And I believe that the Lord is going to bless you at this hour. Your tuning in to this radio broadcast today is not by chance. I believe it's providence. And the Lord wants you to listen closely. And I believe you're going to learn something. I've been going through the Daniel series. And in the last broadcast, I believe, I discussed Daniel chapter 10 where Daniel was visited by an angel. Well, what are we trying to learn in these chapters of Daniel? We have been learning how to exercise our faith, how to walk with the Lord and get to have the same reward like Daniel the prophet heard. Remember Daniel was reported in, the, in, the, in his writing that the angels manifested to him and he was called a man greatly beloved. Before God can send an angel and the angel telling you you are a man greatly beloved, you must have been doing something good. And those are the things we have been pointing out in the life of Daniel. From Daniel chapter 1, we talked about how Daniel and his four and his other three friends proposed in themselves to stand out for God, for the God of Israel. And they stood out for God, ready to, to be ridiculed. That they were not ready, they are not going to defile themselves with the portions of meat that they classify in their religion as unclean, even though they were far away from their land and they were they were like a slaves in this land, but they stood their ground to stand for God, not in rebellion, you have to remember that, but in presenting their case, and they were hard when they look as if they are not going to be hard, they even use the wisdom of God and it told the man, prove us for ten days and see that. Our countenance will still look just as fresh and better than even the countenance of those people that were eating this meat that we don't want to eat. And they were proven to be right. And so they let them eat whatever they wanted to eat. And in the end, because they stood for God, God was giving them wisdom and skill. Daniel had a special gift of interpretation of dreams. And he also had diverse kinds of dreams himself. Angels began to visit him. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, it was the series of these Daniel's writings or his visitations, and those are prophetic visions God gave to him that was actually describing things that will happen from the day of Daniel till the end of the world. And we can look back at this and understand it better. In the book of Daniel, chapter 11 and 12, was the climax, the last part of it. And the angels were, that were showing themselves to Daniel told Daniel that seal up this book. You may not understand it. The people in your generation may not understand it, but it is for the end time. The people at the end who are wise will understand these things. How? Because knowledge shall be increased. The Bible, the prophet said, the, the angel told Daniel, knowledge shall be increased. Not only the knowledge of the worldly things, even the knowledge of God increased at this end time. We were able to look back at history and understand some of the things that Daniel prophesied, how they fulfill themselves. It spoke about the Messiah will come and he gave the time it will come before from his own time till the Messiah appeared in Jerusalem, it was to the letter. And things other things that he prophesied that will take place, they are many of them have taken place in history. And the rest of it also will take place because God has spoken it and it happened then he has spoken some others that it's going to happen also. So we better take heed to what the prophets have written and make ourselves part of the kingdom of God that Daniel said will come at the end which is the whole story the plan of God God has a kingdom and his kingdom is going to take over this planet earth and only the saints 
shall rule and reign on this planet earth. Who are the saints? People that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And uh, if you have, if you have not, and you wanted to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I will throw an invitation to you at the end of this broadcast, inviting you to accept Jesus, and you pray unto Jesus and ask Him to come into your life and begin to follow Him from that day forward and read your Bible, and He will begin to show Himself to you in your dreams, in your visions, and He will lead your life from there on so that you sin no more. Because as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. That is, Christ gives spiritual power into Christians that accepted Him to become sons of God. You will see that it becomes easy for you to live this Christian life, to live the holy life God expects when you have invited Jesus to come into your life. And He will come and take residence in your heart by His Holy Spirit. From there forward, you will not be interested in sin. Sinful nature will be removed from you. That is the miracle that we call being born again. And I'm going to invite you to accept Jesus and I will pray for you at the end of this broadcast. Now I'm going to go to this book of Daniel. We go into Daniel chapter 11. And this Daniel chapter 11, what we are going to really see is prophecy. This angel appeared to Daniel from Daniel chapter 10, the book of Daniel chapter 10. And told Daniel that the, 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 for 21 days that Daniel had been praying and fasting, the prayer has been heard from the first day. That made us to see the what goes on in the spiritual world. From this book of Daniel chapter 10, we understood what normally transpires in the spiritual world. That even when prayers of saints are, look as if they are not answered, it may be that there has, there has been a blockade by some satanic spirits resisting the prayer. And this angel made us to understand that Gabriel appeared to Daniel and told him that from the first day that his prayer was, he started to make the supplication, the command, commandment came from heaven that the angel should come to Daniel to give him answer. And what did Daniel wanted to know? wanted to know what is this plan of God what is going to happen to Jerusalem and Israelites and so on and the angel came to show him in, to, in more detail what God has planned but the angel was delayed and the angel said this in chapter 10 that the prince of Persia is an evil spirit we believe who was dominating the kingdom of Persia in that, general, in that day the kingdom of Medo-Persians were ruling the world but that's, that, that's in the physical world in the spirit world there's a spirit of Satan that is actually in charge of all those governments and that was the spirit that the angel was referring to in the book of Daniel chapter 10 that the prince of Persia delayed him however Daniel continued to pray and then another reinforcement came from heaven Michael was mentioned as the angel, another prince Michael who was an angel of God an archangel came and rescued the situation and this angel Gabriel was able to come to Daniel and he appeared to Daniel in chapter 10 telling him exactly what has transpired and that he has come to show Daniel the plan of God and what is promised and what is written in the books in the book and that God has written and let me read that chapter 10 verse 21 from verse 20 let me start from actually right now here from verse 19 this is the angel talking to Daniel now before he started the whole conversation the whole story of the prophecy he said and say, oh man greatly beloved he's calling Daniel oh man greatly beloved fear not peace be unto thee be strong yea be strong and when he had spoken unto me he said to Daniel I was strengthened and I said let my Lord speak for thou hast strengthened me now the angel was going to talk to Daniel because there are so many angels that came on that same day then said he to me knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee and now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia 
And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. Verse 21 is what I really want to make you to listen to. He said, But I will show thee what that which is noted in the scripture of truth. Now he says, Scripture of truth. He said, What is that scripture of truth? Which means God has something that is already written. We are just following. I can tell you this right now. You and I and the whole world, we're actually just going through a movie that has already pre recorded. That is everything we are trying to do in life. The, the plan, all these things look like it's already pre-recorded in the mind of God. We are just walking through a, a, a movie, a drama that is already pre-recorded. Well, you may say, does that mean we, we are predestined? In a way, it's like a predestination. Of course, it's also called foreknowledge. That is, God knows these things that will take place. God knows your choice even before you choose it. He knows where you are leaning to. And he can tell you even before you make the choice. Like he told some prophets that I have already ordained you to be a prophet before you were born. Okay. So you say, yeah, are we predestination then? Well, yes. And then, you, of course, you can't draw it to extreme and say, anyone that is going to hell is predestined to go to hell. God has given you a choice. If you choose to go to hell, it's your choice. Of course, if you are going to choose hell, God already knows you are going to choose hell instead of going to heaven. But it's still left to you that you can change the circumstance. There are some things that are predestined that are foreknown by God, but you also leave room for 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 overruling it. You leave room for changing it. So that is why He asks us to pray. If if there is no need to pray, that everything is preordained, then we don't need to pray. But He said, pray that you may not fall into temptation. He wants us also to pray so that we can change some things, even though it may look like this is predestined, but we can change some things by our intercession by our prayer even sometimes by getting the warning and changing direction we change some things which means if we are able to change it then we are predestined that we are not going in that wrong direction so that is what we have to learn and the angel is saying there is a scripture of truth and he wanted to show Daniel what is noted in the scripture of truth and he also said here almost like confidently saying about him said that there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince so this angel was trying to make Daniel to know that what I'm telling you here it's exactly how it's going to happen that is it's nothing else you can see this angel made a mistake or told it not correctly it will happen just like the angel said that's why he says that no one know more than this more than me in this except Michael your prince that's what the angel was saying, which means, and the angel actually mentioned in the next verse, he said he himself is one that make kings rule and make kings to, to fall. I mean, he, 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 he strengthened kings, even though those kings of the world that may not even know God, this angel said he is one of them that can rise, and can rise up and strengthen them, which means they are the ones that do and undo things for God's purpose, for the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to go into this chapter. I said all of this to make you to see that the angel was making Daniel know that this is authority what he's going to tell Daniel what he was telling Daniel was authority no one know better than him in these things except Prince Michael you see outcome then that that angel was so authority he's saying that he when he get command from heaven he does exactly what we happen and this is what is written and he just he just implements it on earth and that is one of the angels of God that are implementing things and they close and they and they control how far the devil can go Children that make you to be confident in the Lord your God, if you know Jesus Christ, have confidence in the Lord. Trust God for your situation. When you know that, right, right now, like I tell you, that God is in charge of this planet. God knows what is going on. You may say, what about all this 
earthquake that is destroying people? What about all these plagues and pestilences and all the famine that is destroying masses? Is God in charge of these things? God knows all these things and those things God is still in control. Nothing comes by surprise from God. And nothing is taking God by surprise. We say, well, why are Christians being killed in that country? Nothing surprises God at all. God is still in control. You have to remember that. But put your life in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is able to take care of you. And the promise of eternal life he has given to us is sure and is steadfast. And we know that we, are, we have that eternal life because he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Even if we allow Christians to be persecuted and to be killed like the first apostles, is because of a purpose. It's for his own purpose. That these people really loved him and they are ready to sacrifice themselves for him. And that makes God to be happy. And he also has the power to stop it anytime he wants to. Verse 20 said, Then shall stand up in his essay, that is one of the emperors, one of the emperors in that generation will begin to raise taxes. And you can look at that in history where they started taxing people. It was the Roman Empire that started the taxation. And they started taxing the world in the days of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord Jesus Christ was born, they would say there was a tax that was being conducted in Israel. So the angel started mentioning, he said, Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom, like the kingdom of the northern kingdom, Roman Empire. But within few days it shall be destroyed, and neither in anger nor in battle. And then in verse 22 he said, And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him, and shall be broken. Yea, also the prince of the covenant. Now he mentioned that, the prince of the covenant there is talking about the Messiah. In the generation of that king that will be raising taxes and another one come out and still raising taxes, it was in that generation that the prince of the covenant, the Messiah, will be killed. And that was mentioned right there to make to show that it was the emperor's generation, which is more like Augustus, perhaps, was on the throne in that generation when the Messiah was killed by Pontius Pilate. And then he went further, the angel went further and talked some more how they will be still be fighting between the north and the south. And and he mentioned how it will be like a well how, how the how Jerusalem also will be destroyed around the same time by this same kingdom of northern kingdom of Roman Empire. And that continued for for a while until you get to about verse twenty nine, where things begin to change. Now it's jumping to the end of the world where there will be Another, it's like a kingdom of the north. The Roman Empire is come forth in, in, a, in the form of United European Empire. European Empire. And that is coming to the end of the world. And in this chapter 11, it's so detailed that it may, unless you really get your pen and really timetable it, you most likely will not be able to figure out what king is what. But I'm going to jump to another section here and point to some other Bible verses here. In verse, in verse 36, he started describing a particular king that will be doing some strange things. And he said, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. Now, when he said, No, he shall not regard the God of his fathers, look like he's talking about the, a king in Israel. He said, Nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Now, when he said, Nor the desire of women, it looks more like uh, this 
this religious leader that's going to be almost like the leader of the of the of the Israelites or the leader of the world in that generation is going to be a different person in the matter. And people have assumed that it's could be talking about the 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 papacy, the Pope, where it look like uh, they are monks and they don't even have anything much to do with women. Or uh, what could this be? But let's go for it. But because they are the the papacy has a fulfillment in some of these. Because the papacy is another seat of the of the of the world that looks like look religious, but it's not it's not following the religion of Christ. And then they are also in Rome, and the Bible said this prince that shall come is from Roman Empire. So that's where you begin to wonder that is this fulfilling itself in the in a religious leader rather than a political leader. Now he went further here. He said, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, which means actually he's talking of there will be there will be investing money in military they will be investing a lot of money in the military and you can look at Israel as it is today that they are investing a lot of money in the military just to keep themselves alive to keep the nation Israel alive they have a lot of money invested in nuclear research and so on that they are reputed to be number one in most of those nuclear weapons and nuclear power but physically and other things they are not really worshipping God the, the, the the secular Israel, the religious, I mean, the, the governmental Israel does not worship God, as like you say. There's the religious part where you have the fanatical rabbis, but the secular one, they are investing their money in military while they are not really worshiping the God of their father. That's what the Bible is saying there. They are worshiping the God of forces, God of military, military force, nuclear weapons. They are investing a lot of money in that and, and not in uh, the God of their fathers. But he went for that, he said, Thus shall he do in the most strong goals with a strange God. I mean, they are building up armaments, but it's like a God to them. It's, to God, it's a strange God because you have to trust in the Lord God who's going to defend you. Like David in his generation was trusting in God. And when God appeared, all his enemies scattered, no matter how, how much, uh, how much uh, chariots of iron that the enemies have. When David and when God appeared to fight for King David, all their chariots of iron will be knocking themselves down before David. But God is expressing miracles supernatural trust like that. But in this generation, they are trusting more in how much military nuclear weapon they can build up. So the angel was referring to it here that they will be they will be honoring a God of forces rather than honoring the God of their fathers. That's what you see in verse 38. So he's talking more of the of the of the governmental history, what we call the secular history. Now let's go on. And the angel of God went further and said, At the time of the end, shall the king of the south push at him? That when it comes to the end of the world, there's going to be a war against Jerusalem. The king of the south will push at him, the king of the north shall come against him. You see what I'm saying? That is when the king come against Jerusalem from all angles. And that you see in chapter 11, he said, At the end of time, there have been so many wars and small wars and little wars and the and all those troubles and the skirmishes that's going on between the Israelites and the Palestinians and the Arabs, those are all just like trouble. But at the time of the end, according to this angel in verse 14 of Daniel chapter 11, so at the time of the end shall the king of the south, that is like the southern kingdom, you know, like the Egyptian empire or the Egypt and the, Arab, the Arabs, will push against this, against this king of Israel. The king of the north shall come against him also like the northern kingdoms like Syria and up to Russia. The people have been prophesying that Russia is going to come against Israel because they are not really friends. That is like the king of the north coming against him. He didn't mention the king of the west. And west in those generations would have been like uh, 
the Western Europe, but now it's as far west as America. The name I mentioned, which means West will be supporting him, supporting the And that is what you see right now. There has been an alignment. The Western countries, like America, has always been supporting Israel. It looks like they never, Israel can never do wrong as far as America is, is concerned. And but according to prophecy, that is where the end of the world will be, where the, the South will come against Israel, the North will come against Israel, and the West and the East will be there to fight. And it's going to be a world war. That is what the angel was simply saying here. But he said the North will come like a wild wind to take over the land. With, team, with, with, with wild wind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with many ships, and it shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. It shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, and this shall escape out of his hand. And the angel went to detail of the world war at the end, where it looked like the king of the north, or the king of the south, or the king of Israel himself, will be the one that say, instead of we losing everything, we just destroy everything. Because that is what the angel was describing. It's almost like nuclear war. And I can tell you, if Israel come to the if their back is to the wall where they couldn't go anywhere I can tell you this the nation of Israel that is their heart if that is their mindset if their back is to the wall that they cannot do anything the whole United Nations come against them they are ready to draw their nuclear bomb it's, it's already known that they will do it because you know what their law is they are not Christians they are tooth for a tooth and arm for an arm that's the law of Moses that they follow so they will not be afraid to, to use their nuclear weapon if their back is to the wall. They have sworn uh, that they are never going into captivity anymore. They will rather destroy it all. That is their mindset, and we can see that. And that's why they have been investing in nuclear weapon and nuclear weapon. That is true. And But in the end, whether human beings like it or not, God's fingers is what's going to cause this to happen. And this is what the Bible says. I'm going to point it to you again in the book of Zechariah. We had God himself has said, at the end of the world, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. It's not, it's not just the United Nations that is doing it by himself. God said he will do it. And let's look at it in the book of Zechariah before I wrap up this discussion. Zechariah chapter 14. This is prophecy by the Lord through Zechariah the prophet. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and my and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Verse two says, "For I, that's God talking, I will gather all nations that you that look like United Nations. I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken." Now you see what the Bible, the prophecy we read in Daniel said that the king will not come against him and look like a wild when taking over all the lands. He said, the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravaged, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity. You see what I mean? And the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. You see, now when their back is to the wall, it looks like they are going to lose all. I tell you, just like I said before, they have nuclear weapon left, they will use it against everything, to destroy everything if they have to. And that is what the prophecy is saying. And that's why the Bible says, half of the city will have been taken. And the remaining half will refuse to bow and they are going to destroy it all if they have nuclear weapons still in their hand. And that's what he's saying right here. He said half of the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. But now it's actually God that's going to intervene for them. And that's what you see in verse 3. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. That is the prophecy, friend, and it shall take place just like the Bible said. Because this has been written in the book of truth. This is, the, this is the gospel of truth. That is, God has said, these things we are only walking through a drama that has been written before the foundation of the world. 
these things have been written even before it was prophesied by Daniel. The angel said, I will show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And the angel went forward and tells that at the end of the world that there will be a war where they all, all come to to destroy everything or to take over Jerusalem by the United Nations or whatever the governments of the world. The north and the south coming against it and the west trying to stand with them and the east coming against them. It will be a world war around Jerusalem there. But the Bible says it is God's finger that is going to cause it to happen. But I want you to know something like I said in the earlier broadcast. The land they are fighting over does not belong to the Jews nor to the Arabs nor to the United Nations. The land they are fighting over belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who was cut off from his own land by the Jews when he was crucified because they didn't accept him as the Messiah. And the angels prophesied it in Daniel chapter 9 that the Prince, the, the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. He was not cut off just for himself, it's for a purpose to bring the Gentiles in and the Christians worldwide have been saved and brought into the kingdom of God. Now, when they were fighting over the land, the Israelites and the Arabs and the United Nations fighting over it, and they have been fighting over it for years now. But while they are still fighting over it and it looks like they are going to take it over from the Israelites and everything is going to be, they are going to be taken over again, God now will come down and say, you wait a minute, you folks, this land does not belong to any of you, it belongs to Jesus Christ. And that is why Christ said, we step in. His foot will rest upon the Mount Olives to knock every one of them down. Why? Because the land they were fighting over belongs to him, not to the United Nations, not to the Western, not to the Eastern, not to the Israelites, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will give it to the seed of Abraham that he has proposed, he has promised it from the foundation of the world. Let me ask you a question. Suppose you have a land that your great-grandfathers bought and over many years somebody else took it over because your great-grandfathers and your, and your children are no more there. Who owned that land? And you think about that. You say, well, when my grandparents moved over here, nobody owned the land, so they just took it over. Think about 200 years ago, 400 years ago, who owned the land that now belonged to your family? You think about it, who owned that land? Uh, well, maybe another family only a long time ago and then there were no more. So when we move over, when this tribe moved over to this part of the world, uh, you just took it over, but who owned it? You see what I mean? The land belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. The land, all the lands belong to God. And God is giving to whomsoever he will. The current generation of mankind on earth may be fighting over his part of the land on this planet earth. But God is alive from the beginning till the end. So he owns it all. So he has any time he likes, he can step in and say, Wait a minute, you guys are fighting over this and this thing really belongs to me. And I gave it to this man first. Even though that man's generation seems to have passed away, and another generation come over that land does not matter to him because God is still there then and is still there now and he sees everything all. And he can come back and say, Well, I gave it to this man 6,000 years ago and that's the owner. You see what I mean? So that's why I said, The land belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ and when he steps in, it's over with. United Nations cannot do anything against it because to wipe their, 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 their military and soldiers is going to destroy them. And uh, the Israelites, the Arabs cannot do anything about it because Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Though they did not know him, when he shall appear, those that are given the chance to be saved, we come to recognize that this is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have preached to them and they didn't believe. Those that have the mercy of God to be partakers of that hope, will be those that will be saved. That's the remnant of Israel will be saved. Not those who are, who are, who are struggling and thinking that they don't believe in Jesus Christ. They think their religion is 
they think Christianity is false or this or that, they are just deceiving themselves. When Christ shall appear, most of those people will have been destroyed in the war. And only those that God has numbered, that are the elect of God, we have their eyes open and then they will recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ that these Gentile preachers have been preaching, these Gentile Christians have been preaching, is the Messiah they have rejected and their grandparents have rejected, they will now bow and, and worship him. And Jesus Christ will take over the land and the kingdom of God will start and reign on this planet forever and ever. That is the plan of God. And we'll go to the next chapter in chapter 12 to see how the angels summarize this rest of the story. But do you want to accept Jesus and be partaker of his kingdom? I want you to ask Jesus to come into your life so that he can make you partake of that kingdom. Pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to be a part of your kingdom. Let me not fall short of it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for all that are listening. Help them to understand. And open their understanding, Lord, and their heart in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I've run out of time. Write to me. I will send you some monitor that will be edifying to you. Jesus loves you. Write to Gospel Distribution Ministry. Post Office Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona 85050. God bless you.